Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. This is MRN Crew Call, brought to you by Hercules Tires. I've talked about this multiple times here on Crew Call, that I love first-time winners. The way the schedule goes, the way the guest goes, the way the show is lined up goes, sometimes we miss a first-time win. Well, this year we've had a guy, we missed his first win, we missed his second win, we missed his third win and fourth win, and well, we're not missing the fifth win, but he did get a fifth win just recently on the NASCAR Tour. And that's what we're talking about. This is Crew Call, presented by Hercules Tires, right on our strength. I'm Steve Post, pit road reporter for Motor Racing Network. That crew chief that is a first-time winner this season and now a five-time winner this year is Jason Trincheri. He is the crew chief of the College Racing from A.J. Allmendinger, a 40-year-old from Easton, Pennsylvania. His first win was Vegas. His last win was the Roval this past weekend. And he joins us this time. I'm Crew Call. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with his own nicotine pouches. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. For decades, Dryden Lubricants has been made in America and made to last, paving the way on our highways, in our fields, and on the production line. Today, Dryden offers a complete line of engine oils, greases, hydraulic and transmission fluids, and diesel exhaust fluid. If you want greater performance and protection for your critical engines and equipment, go to Dryden.com. Dryden, American-owned and operated, and a proud supporter of racing and race fans everywhere. Flow Racing is the home of grassroots racing, with over 1,300 races streaming live in 2021. Watch the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl, World 100, Dirt Late Model Dreams, Sweet 16, and much, much more. Subscribe today by going to flowracing.com MRN. From sprint cars on dirt to SK Modifieds on pavement, arena cross, drag racing, and everything in between, it's here, live, and on demand. Subscribe today by going to flowracing.com slash MRN. That's F-L-O-Racing.com forward slash MRN. It is Crew Call presented by Hercules Tires right on our strength. And joining us from up at College Racing is uh, Jason Trincheri. Hey, Jason, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Fantastic. Um, I, I started the show by talking about I love catching up with first-time winners. And the way this year rolled along... We missed your first one. We missed your second one. 
five wins this season. Dude, I'm telling you, as a, as a, as a first-time winner, a rookie crew chief, what a year you're putting together here in the Xfinity Series. Yeah, it's been an amazing year for the five wins, too. I mean, it wasn't just on one type of track. We've had short track wins, mile and a half. Uh, you know, we, we just didn't get one on a speedway, but we helped our teammates. I mean, they, they work pretty well together doing that. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's, uh, it's been a heck of a year. That's for sure. And, and that's, you touched on a couple of things there that I wanted to talk about. You know, when you get A.J. Allmendinger, you're a favorite on those road courses and you got two road course wins this year, but the, the, the Michigan intermediate track win, your first win was at Las Vegas and then Bristol, that wild one, uh, that, 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 that just shows what, what AJ's got going on. But I think it also shows what you guys as a team going on at college racing as well. Yeah, definitely. Colleague has been growing in strength the last couple of years. And last year we started to step up our mile and a half program, especially with help from AJ, you know, we, with winning Atlanta last year too. Uh, so we've, we had a pretty good uh, direction going into the season of what we needed to do. And we were just able to capitalize on it and, uh, and keep going too, especially like with Michigan, you know, and, and now with two in a row coming up for the uh, playoffs, it's going to be uh, pretty interesting. <laughs> No doubt, Texas and Kansas on the horizon, and yeah, absolutely looks good with uh, with uh, with Vegas and Michigan wins. Jason, you've been a part of this sport for a long, long time. You moved to North Carolina in 2005, so you're you're 16 years into this, and we have heard every song and dance about teamwork within a team. We've 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 been on teams, you've been on teams, and just rarely, rarely does it work where there's three teams pulling in the same direction and everything. What is there about college racing that, that, that you guys have achieved that? Uh, it's just operating as if you're still one team, you know, we don't, when we're in the shop and everybody's working on the cars, we don't have 16 guys, 10 guys, 11 guys, everybody just works together. Uh, as long as we can keep working on them, we do the same thing when we get to the track, we all work together and just try to keep, uh, keep progressing as a team. That, that, that's fascinating to me because you're right. I think, I think sometimes just with, 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 with shirts and uniforms and you get to wear a blue shirt and you get to wear a green shirt and everything. I think that that separates people. And I just, and, and is, and is that kind of a, a Chris Rice, you know, kind of a, a brainchild of his? Yeah, that was, that was Chris's philosophy that, you know, we're all going to operate together and, um, and it works. I mean, even, even if we're going through tech, you know, uh, you look at our cars going through tech afterwards, or, you know, it's not just one crew guys shirt working on it. It's all three of them are all together working on it. Um, one of the best pictures I saw was when we won mid Ohio and all the crew guys standing along the wall and every team was accounted for every shirt was accounted for. So, I mean, it was, it's a full team effort. What's that like to be a part of it? Uh, it's, it's amazing. I mean, you, you, like you had said, everybody's trying to pull or push the rope. Uh, you're trying to pull the rope in the same direction. And when you can actually achieve it, uh, it is satisfying. I, I use the example of, you know, everybody sees how well we work together on speedways. Well, that's how we work in the shop too. It's not just on the racetrack. It's in the shop. It's at the racetrack itself for the teams working together. So what you see when everybody's surprised at Daytona and Talladega, how our three cars are working together, it's not new. It's, it's, it's how we all work together. The three crew chiefs up there, Alex and Bruce and, and yourself, um, are, you know, are there strengths and weaknesses where you complement each other? Are you very similar? Are you different? How, do, how does that blend work? 
It works really well. Uh, I will I will say Bruce is an engineer also by trade. Alex was a racer by by himself growing up. So I kind of got that mix a little bit of both of them. And, and yeah, we all, all three of us together, um, we have our strengths. Everybody, you know, has your weaknesses and, and you can put it all together. And I think it helps. They've helped me a lot this being my rookie year. They've they've done it before. So, I mean, I've been able to lean on them which, which has helped me. It's not my first year, uh, technically doing it, even though it is, but, but if I have a question, I can lean on them. They got the experience. You have a fascinating and tremendous background in NASCAR. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back pre NASCAR. I'm going to go back to the Pennsylvania days, but, but within NASCAR, um, you know, following your trajectory, following your story, a lot of engineering, a lot of design engineering as well. When, they, they, they sat down with you, and last year you were the car chief for Justin Haley on, on the 11 car. When And I think you, is it fair to say you aspired to be a crew chief during this time period? Is that fair to say? I would say when I moved here, that was my yeah. goal, yes. And yeah. uh, when, when a lot of things started changing in 2008, 2009, um, I came off the road to be a design engineer. Having a background in mechanical engineering, I, I felt I would use my degree in, in that a lot better um but just my racing background alone has helped me stay involved in setups and everything else so uh i it it helped having the design background because i knew all the parts and pieces of the car itself but also my background in racing helped me know the setups so it's weird to me in a weird twist that this week we're talking design or you're talking about your design engineering day and over at Charlotte Motor Speedway, the Roval, the first two days of this week have been all design and everything, yet it was the design with the next generation race car. You're, you're a design engineer at Penske Racing, okay? And this next generation race car is coming out. It's actually the combination of that that puts you on the streets, if you will, right. because, because there was a moratorium on design on this present race car, and that's what caused Penske to, to, to shrink their engineering department. Is that accurate? Yeah, when, uh, when they announced that the new car was coming out, NASCAR put a freeze on, on designing new parts. Yeah. And uh, that was just so that way teams weren't spending too much money in parts that were going to be obsolete in a year or two. And uh, honestly, at that moment, I kind of realized that that, that position was going to go away, you know. Yeah. Um, but I was a race engineer when I first moved down here in the trucks and actually in, back in the Bush series and then up into uh, Cup. So I had that to fall back on. Uh, so I, I kind of knew, I, I knew I'd be all right, whether I was in, in a race engineering position, or honestly, if I got into manufacturing, I had a design background. So uh, it kind of kind of was my fallback, I guess you could say, if I got out of motorsports. You're hedging your bets in a couple directions. So, yeah. <laughs> so you get the car chief gig with Justin Haley last year. He actually had one one race. I think you sat on top of the on, on top of the pit box in Kansas as the as the crew chief. We get to the off season and what were the things that appealed to you to say, this is my chance to be a crew chief. And this is, this is a great chance for me to be a crew chief. What were some of the things that they presented to you that made this thing work? Well, that AJ would be the driver for one. That was the first one. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I kind of said that I used the line that, you know, it was a lifetime worth of work for a lifetime opportunity. Um, I, I had a year under my belt of learning these cars. I knew what they kind of needed uh, setup wise, what shocks and springs we what we worked towards all season with Justin. So I, I at least at least I didn't feel like I was blind coming into it. I got a year under my belt with with our cars alone for a colleague. 
Um, and then just my background alone in racing, I, I kind of knew, I knew the direction that I wanted to go again in my career. That was my, my original goal coming down here, but you know, sometimes you put them on the back burner and, um, a lot of it was family too. My wife and I had started a family. We had two little girls at the time. So I got to be around them and enjoy that on weekends, but still stay involved in motorsports. Lots of neat things. That's for sure. So when you get AJ Allmendinger, what's the pressure going road racing like? Because you, you know that the driver is probably the best road racer on the track. What is, is there a different kind of pressure? Is there a different kind of preparation when you guys go road racing with AJ? Um, I honestly, I felt like going into the season, that pressure was going to be almost everywhere, uh, because we knew how good the college cars were getting towards the end of last year. Uh, we knew the potential, the potential of AJ, especially when in Atlanta last year, we, we kind of felt like we were going to be a top five car everywhere we went. So it wasn't necessarily just road courses, but just going to mile and a halves and things like that. And then when Vegas, before we even get to a road course too. So, I mean, it's, it kind of, um, I wouldn't say it was added pressure. It's still kind of, it's been there the whole time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, having AJ, you know, as long as, man, as long as everything's tight on that car and you, you make the right call to give him the track position too, because it doesn't matter whether you have AJ or not, it's still hard to pass. And he's not always going to pass 30 cars in, you know, one run. So you got to give him the track position. You got to give him a good car. You got to make sure everything stays on it. I mean, he's, he's pretty rough with hitting curbs and things like that. So you got to learn what has to be uh, uh, right on the car. So that way it finishes the race. <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll wear them out. That's for sure. He'll, he gets everything out of them. That's, that's the, that's the racer way of center, right? Right, right. <laughs> there you go. Jason, you've been a race engineer. So you, you, you fed, fed to the crew chief, the strategies, the, the windows, the, the options. Uh, you've been a design engineer, you know, all the parts and pieces. But now you're on a pit box where that is being fed to you. It is great to have all this information. It's great to have this insight. What's the decision maker gig been like? Because now, now, now it's not you're now you're one. You got to take all that race engineer information. What's that been like? And how what's that challenge been like for you? I think a lot of it is just the preparation back when you're the race engineer, you're feeding it li uh, real, real time live to the crew chief. Yeah. Uh, when you're the crew chief, you kind of have to prepare and know those options going in. So it's not necessarily a spur of the moment. I mean, I know the race changes what happened. The things that happen during the race can change your outcome, but uh, you always have a plan A, B, and C, and you just got to make sure that that one is the right decision for that time. Um, and yeah, I mean, when it, when it happens, I'll tell you what, it definitely seems like it happens a lot faster than when you're the race engineer. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. They're rolling down the backstretch and that pit window opens and here we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's neat. That's neat stuff. Uh, and I do, I, I, I mentioned this a bit ago. We talked a little bit about your history since 2005, you go back, you're from Easton, Pennsylvania, and there is a really, really cool racetrack in your background Mahoning Valley Speedway. Now there's probably a lot of our listeners and viewers that aren't familiar with it. Tell us a little bit about your vision, your view of Mahoning Valley Speedway. It's a little quarter mile circle that has no straightaways. Um, it's, it's a tight bull ring, but it was banked enough. It's banked enough that you can race side by side. It's not, um, 
it's not like Bowman Gray where you have to go in and move a guy. Um, you can actually race side by side and it's fast. I mean, you run in a modified, you run 10 second laps. So, I mean, it, it teaches you how to be aggressive. It teaches you how to um, make a car last a race. <laughs> um, I grew up I grew up going there as a kid. My dad fielded cars. Uh, he actually drove. That's what got me into motorsports. He used to drive modified at the old Nazareth uh, half mile dirt track. And, and uh, he raced at Dorney Park. He raced at Flemington a little bit and New Egypt. And then when I got old enough, I got into uh, go-karts myself and was successful with that and moved into stock cars and then ran modifieds for uh, man, about 12 years, honestly. So, uh, yeah, I spent a good five or six years at Mahoning. Uh, I think I'm still the youngest or the fastest winner to win a modified race. I won in my second start. So that was, uh, that was pretty cool to have. <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. Good. The, the thing I love about it is a buddy of mine, Dino Alberto actually uh, is involved with the track now and the track seems to be thriving and rolling along well. And, and I'm really cool to see I, I, off the cup. You mentioned another track Flemington. Now were you there where uh, you were there when it was an asphalt track, right? Yes. So I used to go when I was a kid, watch uh, when it was dirt. Oh. And then, of course, in New Jersey with the laws, you had to be 18 to race. That's right. And I turned 18 the last year Flemington ran. So I actually went to the very last race. I didn't qualify. There was about 65 cars and we knew we were taking a knife to a gunfight. But I want to say at least I got the race there. So we we did go and, and I was able to compete in that last race. But uh, yeah, it was it was kind of sad to see it go. It was a neat track. Very neat track for those. It's it's funny because we've talked about two tracks here. Mahoning Valley is a circle, and yes. and and Jason's right. There, we're I, first time I walked in, I'm like, well, okay, where's the front stretch? Where's the back stretch? There isn't one. And Flemington is a square, and so there's four straightaways. Right. Uh, I actually hit it a couple times when it was dirt, and then I hit it a couple times. I actually spotted there for the truck series a few years, a few okay. times. So uh, neat, neat tracks up there. But I, I think the fun part about that is that you mentioned your dad that kind of had to help you with the mechanical end of this thing and uh, to really get the, the the busting your knuckles aspect of, 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 of working in NASCAR racing. Yeah. So honestly, by trade, my dad was an auto mechanic. So uh, I, I learned from him about a lot of stuff. Uh, he, he took welding when he was in Votech in school when he was younger. And uh, when I was in school, I knew I wanted to take engineering. So actually I took machining. So I had a machinist background that was actually part of my first job and then had welding and the mechanical background for my dad. So we, a lot of our cars were pretty much homemade. Um, there was a lot of parts on them that we made ourselves. He built the motors. I set them up. So it, it worked pretty well between the two of us. I guess so, man, you guys <laughs> had that thing covered from bumper to bumper. That's pretty neat. There has to be, we, we live in an era where you go to the speed shop and you buy the chassis and it, it, it's times have changed. I understand that. And I'm not, this is not a statement about it. It's just kind of reality. There has to be a lot of pride in the fact that you guys built most of those cars though, from bumper to bumper. It, it was, and it was, and uh, to, to do as well as we did also, I mean, it took me about two years doing my first race, just learning to drive learning the car itself. And then we won three races in one year. And then, uh, moved up to modifieds and we won both. Uh, we started off in the DA cars, which were the dirt asphalt cars that yeah. the dirt series used to run. Flemington ran them at one time and then Mahoning started running them. Um, I, that's what I started in, learned those before we went to the tour type low modifieds that most people know. 
so at one time I was actually running both of them at Mahoning in the same night. And uh, the night that I won my first mod the tour type modified race, I finished second in the DA car. So um, yeah, I mean, we only had a little one and a half car garage. We literally have to put one car outside and cover it up <laughs> and then, and then just swap them around and keep working on them. So, I mean, it, I had some other car owners that I drove for, um, that gave me some good opportunities to learn modifieds. And, and it also helped me learn besides from my dad, I got some more experience from other people that had different backgrounds. So I took full advantage of that when I was younger. The DA modifieds, my gosh, because there's the dirt big block center center drive line big block modifieds, right. and this was an era. I mean, a lot of people are familiar with it. Though the World Finals are coming up, uh, there there's there's a lot of races with them. New York State, uh, Eastern Pennsylvania, but there was this era where we took those cars and put them on asphalt. I remember I covered some of the races at Nazareth. I might have covered one of them at Flemington. Um, some of the other Oswego, I think, or uh, Shangri La, or something. I forget what it was. That had to be a beast to drive that thing, though. Those things were pretty neat. Uh, and even when you look at pictures now, they don't look like they're old or outdated. Like, those cars were ahead of their time. Um, even on a little quarter-mile track, I mean, they had side force. They had down force. I mean, back then, I didn't realize it now that I know what it is. But, um, yeah, even at a little track, I mean, on small tires, you could slide the thing around, and it would it would still have grip. So it was, it was pretty neat to learn how to drive on. And... Uh, Honestly, it was quite forgive, forgiving if you wrecked pretty bad. It was a straight axle front car with a tube frame. So it was easy to, to fix. Um, and it, it gave me a good background to learn on. I, that is cool. Yeah, I, I, that, they, those, are, those are great cars. I love, I love the, uh, the Big Block, the Dirt Modifieds, the Super Dirt Series Modifieds or, or whatever. There's a couple tours up there running them now. But I also love the Tour Type Modifieds. In fact, Saturday night, I was up at Hickory Speedway watching the Smart Modified Tour. Jason, those cars, I can't imagine what it's like to wheel those, those, those NASCAR tour type modifies. Those have, those things are just neat race cars. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were awesome to drive. Um, even when I moved down South here, I ran uh, for a couple of years part-time while I was still traveling. Um, we went to the North South shootout the one year and running it at the old Concord uh, speedway. And that was, those cars had a lot of power and it was a half mile track and you're running, you know, uh, almost 15 second flat laps, which is pretty, con, you know, com pretty comparable to Bristol times. Mm -hmm. So when you're in a, a modified that you race six times a year and you're doing 130 miles an hour, I mean, it was, it was pretty, uh, pretty interesting. <laughs> this is, this must be on crew call must be shapes days because we talked about a circle at Mahoning Valley. We talked yeah. about a square at Flemington and Concord. We're talking a triangle. Were you able to hold it wide open through the dog leg on the back stretch? Yes. So, wow, that's the, impressive right there. <laughs> the very first time, uh, a quick little story, the very first time when I was still working in the truck series, we took our car to run the sportsman race. And uh, I was going to miss the Friday practice. So we had Eric Beers uh, practice our car to make sure. And uh, I flew in literally and just ran the race. And he told me, run, run the back stretch wide open. And I will admit the first time through I lifted, but the, the second time I was fine. But uh, yeah, even in a tour car, when you would run wide open down the backstretch with that dog leg, I mean, it was, it was pretty wild. Yeah. Cause, cause what you're doing, I, I've seen some in-car videos and Freddie Query was a legend at that racetrack. Maybe I think you could make a case that Freddie might've been the best that ever ran that track. I, I think you could, there's other guys that'll argue with you on it, but he's in the conversation for sure. 
And I watched some videos. You literally have your foot right on the floorboard. You are pointed right straight at a wall. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's insane to go through there. And Freddie always said, you you if you don't hold it wide open, you'll never conquer Concord until you hold it wide open through that dog bite. So yeah. gosh, <laughs> gosh, I love, I love there's so many aspects of the sport. I love chatting about it because it's just it's so many areas, whether it's the DA modifieds or Mahoney or or, or Flemington or Concord, just neat stuff. And great to great to get your background on it because a lot of the sim similar stories. I was the I was the reporter standing around with a microphone or a notepad watching you guys hold it wide open through the dog leg. So <laughs> yeah, I it was really tough for me back then to come down and run with a lot of these guys because I only raced six times a year and they were running full time besides working and going. I mean, I'd go to 20 to 30 cup races. And back then I was going to the East series races. Uh, I was working for DEI at the time as their engineer. So, I mean, I was, it was a full plate. I'd still run six, eight races myself, go to all these East races, go to these cup races and everything. And um, that, that was back before having kids. <laughs> my, my wife put up with me traveling then, but um, yeah, no, it was, it was pretty interesting. Yeah. You mentioned your wife and kids. Um, I snooped around on your Facebook page and then jumped over and snooped around on your wife's Facebook page. Um, you have got two girls that are really into the dancing competition. What, yeah. what is that like? What, what is that like to be a dance dad? Uh, it's very similar to go-kart racing, I could say. Um, you spend a lot of money, you travel a lot of places, and they win a plastic trophy. <laughs> yeah. um, they, uh, they're very, very competitive. Uh, their team is, uh, there's about 30 people, and honestly, they put in the work for it. Uh, they, they practice four or five nights a week for two to three hours after school. They get their homework done. Uh, they hold B's and straight A's. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really proud of them. They do a lot of work for it. Uh, they, they travel, their nationals are in Savannah or Charleston, usually flip-flops. They go to four or five different uh, regional events each year. I mean, it's, it's pretty big when they go, that's a whole different world, kind of like racing is. Some people that don't know racing don't understand our world. Uh, when we started getting into the, the dance competitions, I mean, there's people from all over that go to these competitions from Tennessee, Ohio, there'll be 14, 15 different dance studios, 20, 30 kids each all competing. So, I mean, it's, it's, uh, they put a lot of work into what they do. <laughs> yeah. It's fascinating to me. One of my, uh, I do the wing nation show, my co-host Aaron Everham, of course, Aaron had a career racing sprint cars and, and in NASCAR, her daughter Kate has got into the horse show business and it's the same. I mean, it's different. It's it, there's the quarter midget racing up in Salisbury. There's the horse show business that they're doing. And there's the dance competitions that you guys are doing. It's, it's, it's the same, but it's different. You know, it's yeah. kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah. So you have lived up until June of this year in a house with three women. Okay. I had the same scenario. I always called it the international house of women. Um, but in June, Hudson, your son came into your world. Um, how, how neat is that to have, a have, have another guy in the house, even though he's only a few months old, it's gotta be great to have another, have another, uh, uh another man in the house. It, it's awesome. He's been uh, a very, very good baby lately. <laughs> um, even after about a month, I mean, he sleeps, sleeps all night. So we've been pretty lucky with that. Um, it's, uh, it's interesting having a baby again. I mean, my, my other two are nine and 12, so it's not really starting all over, but uh, we also have help with them too. So, so it's, it's been a lot easier than we thought it would be, you know? 
That is phenomenal. Neat, neat stuff. Really love it. That's for sure. Finally, before we uh, cut you loose here and get you back, get you back on the shop floor there. One of the, the, the oddball stats that I read about you. Okay. I don't think in the NASCAR world, it's rare to have somebody, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an honor to have won the Daytona 500, been on the team that won the Daytona 500 and the Brickyard 400. And, and you've done that a couple of times at a couple of places, but you also, from an engineering perspective, have won the Indy 500. How, how does this all work? So just being on the teams, I wasn't actually a part of the IndyCar team itself, but okay. um, I was a part of Ganassi the year that we won uh, the Daytona 500 and the Brickyard 400 with Jamie McMurray. That same season, they, Ganassi's IndyCar program won the Indy 500. So just being a part of an organization that did that was pretty neat. But then when I went over to Penske, Jay, uh, Joey Logano won the Daytona 500, and then Brad won the Brickyard 400 that year, the same time that Indy, their IndyCar program won the Indy 500. So just organizational, I was at both organizations when it had happened. So I mean, that was pretty neat. That is awesome. I mean, and, and knowing Chip Ganassi and Roger Penske and what that may win means, man, I'll tell you what, that uh, those had to be neat places to be when those when those wins are unfolded. Yeah, I mean, from the NASCAR standpoint, just to win the Daytona 500 once is awesome, let alone to do it twice. But to have that happen in the same year where you also won the Brickyard race and then to see the, you know, the other teams do that too. I mean, it, it just showed how good those organizations were in those years. So I was proud to be a part of it. All right, final question for you here. The round of eight. We've got Texas this weekend. We've got Kansas and then Martinsville. Um, I'm sitting back saying you've got to feel pretty good about this. How do you feel about it, though? Looking at your past history, AJ's skill set on these racetracks and everything, how do you feel about the round of eight? I think I think Texas, we should be, we should be pretty good. Uh, I feel good about it. Uh, Texas will be a little different because of how much cooler it's going to be. Uh, we didn't go to Kansas yet this year. And then we, we felt like we had a pretty good package at Martinsville. So um, I don't want to leave it up to Martinsville. Hopefully we clinch before then. Um, but we also know you still have to points race too. So if you're a, a top five car consistently, then, then it'll fall your way. Yeah. Yeah. Just go win Texas, make it easy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah we have, a, we have a Andy's uh, frozen custard on the car this weekend. And usually when we have a special scheme besides the normal hyper ice one, we usually win. So hopefully uh, we can put it in victory lane. That's right. I forgot. I was at that press conference when they handed out the custard. That was great. I forgot. <laughs> it's just funny how time goes. And yeah, AJ, you guys had a long string where you bring a new sponsor on board and you win the race. So uh, boy, time would be good for that for sure. Custard for everybody. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Well, Jason, I'm telling you, it's been great to hanging out with you. Hang out with you. It's always good to see you in the garage area when we get a chance to talk. But I uh, appreciate you spending some time with us here on Crew Call today. No problem. Thank you for having me. There we go. Jason Trincheri, crew chief up at Call of Racing, joining us here on Crew Call. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. 
a performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Citywide to countryside, whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTires.com. There you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you. Plus, you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTires.com. Hercules Tires, ride on our strength. Are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. Ford has put the stock back in stock car, and now you can register for your chance to be Ford Performance's VIP guest and watch the NASCAR Next Gen Mustang hit the track for the first time in 2022. One grand prize winner and their guest will receive a trip for two to Daytona Beach with VIP access. Ford Performance driver meet and greets, round trip airfare, and more. Register now through November 7th at FordNextGen.com. That's FordNextGen.com. Ford Motor Company is making a $22 billion investment into electrification between now and 2025. Now, one of the questions I had when learning about electrification is how and where do we charge these cars up? I'm a gas station guy, all right? So the question, how and where do we gas these cars up or fuel these cars up or Electrify these cars up, recharge them is what the question is. Well, Ford has a variety of home charging stations, and then they have more than 63,000 charging plugs as part of North America's largest public charging network and cloud-based navigation tools to help you to those stations. I was at my daughter's campus, Charlotte, University of Charlotte, and I pulled into the parking deck and there's all these charging stations. So the new Ford cars not only have and need the charging stations, but cloud-based navigation tools to get you to the nearest one. There is also more than 2,300 EV certified dealers in all 50 states. So Ford stands ready to serve customers and help people transition to electric vehicle ownership. You can go to Ford.com and click on the electrification uh, electrification tab, that is. Coming soon, the all-new, all-electric 2022 Ford F-150 Lightning. It's the first-ever F-Series that's gas-free and delivers trusted built Ford tough capabilities. Again, that is www.ford. Click on 
the electrification tab. A lot of excitement going on in the NASCAR world with new vehicles and in the automotive world across the board and Ford is leading the way. This weekend, the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series, they go to Texas, it's the round of eight as we're getting closer and closer to championship weekend coming up at Phoenix. When we look at the Cup Series, eight teams, Kyle Larson leads the way, has a comfortable eh, 42 points. I think we learned in the round of 12 that comfortable at one point may not be comfortable as this one rolls. They need to to keep doing what they're doing. They'll be fine, 42 points. But Kyle Larson leads. Of course, his crew chief, Cliff Daniels, calling the shots there. In the Xfinity Series, it's A.J. Omendinger. We talked to Jason here on the show, his crew chief. They have a 34-point advantage to the cut line. Here's the thing where this gets interesting. Win Texas this weekend. Win Kansas next weekend. Win Martinsville. And you get that automatic pass into the championship round. So a lot on the line coming up this weekend at Texas. Our friends at Performance Racing Network, they will have all of the action of the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series this weekend at Texas. You can also follow along with the sport at MRN.com and we'll rejoin the tour coming up next week in Kansas. Again, we appreciate Jason Trincheri for joining us from up at College Racing. But more important than all of that, thank you for joining us here on Crew Call, presented by Hercules Tires, right on our screen.